John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. <coughs> Making friends as a relatively grown-up person, when you are no longer in school and when your work is a little bit less conventional, can be difficult. Throughout our lives, friendships are often sort of made by default by living near each other, going to school together, or working together. They can seem easy, but sometimes as we get older, those friendships become more difficult to find. I remember my first best friend, just barely, because I was four, but I remember her. Her name was Jax DeCoster, and we were in preschool together. And back then, making a new friend was really as simple as your parents deciding you would be friends and setting up a play date. Having that scheduled time immediately made us friends. We were friends by default because our parents decided that we should be. As I got older, friendship becomes a bit more complicated, but only in small increments. You kind of don't realize that complication's coming in. In elementary school, we would declare our friendship with each other with bracelets or necklaces. Those broken hearts that when you put them together became whole and said BFF, best friends forever. We would make a big show of it. I remember bestowing one of these necklaces on my best friend in fourth grade. Lisa, this is very important. Will you be my best friend? You'd think they were wedding proposals. <laughs> but for fourth graders, a best friend was a big deal, and our friends all were big deals. Our birthday parties were filled with our entire class, by default, all of our friends. And as we got older, those friendships get more complicated. Middle school and high school brought cliques, groups that we found ourselves in because we liked sports or church or comic books or insert your interest here. We were in the same club, same classes, and so by default, we became friends. And so by college, we learned to make friendships by default. Who were in our classes? Who had similar interests? Who were part of the same clubs? And I was lucky that in my time outside of school, I was still living in the vicinity of most of those friends and former classmates. So even though I had some acquaintances at work and we went out, the lack of those friendships in that place didn't stand out to me. 
Even in post-grad, in seminary, there were still these kinds of default groups. I met my husband because I was invited to a gaming group because someone noticed that I was reading a book about those kinds of games, and I'm very grateful for that invitation. But it was a friend group by default. And all of that ease of friendship begins to change when we get out into our worlds, into our lives. We get out of those easy systems and social groups. And there are still ways to make friends via coworkers or places like churches, if you can find peers here. Sometimes we look for friendships in other places. When we lived in Vancouver, I joined a mom's meetup group, um, which I learned that a lot of moms with new kids are often a little flakier. I was often the only person who showed up for a meetup. But there were also times where 12 of us gathered together for happy hour to talk about our kids and what was going on in our lives, and the conversations never continued after that. I never had that BFF necklace moment with any of them. We were all just acquaintances, hoping that by default, because we were all parents and we were all living in the same vicinity, that somehow it would just click. But we would have our social time and go our separate ways. This kind of friendship that isn't just by default can be difficult. There's a lot of give and take to keep a friendship with someone that you don't work with or have class with or see every day. It's a bit more complicated. And so as we read our Gospel from John today, as we heard Jesus talk about friendship with his disciples, as we hear Jesus tell his disciples that he considers them to be friends, not servants, but friends, as we followers of Jesus ourselves hear Jesus call us friends and give each one of us those heart necklaces, for Jesus, this friendship isn't about convenience or by default, but love. Jesus tells his disciples and tells us, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide means to stay, to remain. Stay in my love. Just feel it for a moment. God, the creator of the entire universe, loves you. Jesus, the Son of God, loves you and calls you a friend. Abide, remain, sit with those words of love just for a moment. Jesus lays out very quickly that this friendship is all bound up in this abiding love. Jesus tells us that by keeping his commandments, we abide in his love. And his commandments are to love God and to love our neighbor, to love one another. Even when there are people who might infuriate us, even when we think they don't deserve love or we think we don't deserve love. Like friendship with Jesus, loving our neighbor doesn't happen by default. It happens with love and care. Jesus says the reasons he now calls his disciples friends is that he's told them so much, he has shown them so much of God the Father. Jesus has been walking with the disciples for several years, healing those who are sick, feeding those who are hungry, sharing forgiveness and grace. The kingdom of God 
abiding in love in his ministry. <clears throat> this friendship with Jesus is a friendship of listening, of witnessing the incredible grace that Jesus shares and that Jesus calls us to share. Because this friendship is more than just convenience. Friendship with Jesus really is a relationship of inconvenience. A friendship of calling. Jesus calls his disciples and calls us into this abiding ministry of love together. Jesus tells the disciples and tells us to go, go and bear fruit. This fruit that we bear is love, it's mercy, it's caring for our neighbors in need, it's loving each other and loving those who are different from us, it's inviting someone else into our lives, into our relationships, into our friendships, inviting someone who may not have the same interests or hobbies, but who might be different from you because of age, race, nationality, gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, economic class, or any of the hundreds of ways that we divide ourselves up into cliques, into groups, into others. It's sharing the kind of love and friendship we are given with those who aren't easily put into our social group, with someone who needs that love and friendship more than we could ever even know. And maybe that's in reaching out to help someone in need, serving through different ministries. I know we have a service coming up working with those who are in need through radical love in just a few weeks, cooking and serving hot and healthy meals to those who otherwise might go without. Maybe it's just simply acknowledging that a person on the street is there and is in fact a person. I think my mic just went out a little bit. It might simply just be having that kind of significance. I think the battery's dead, Dana. That's okay. I'm going to move up to the microphone. Can you hear me now? Yes. So it might be just having that kind of significance of love and care that a nine-year-old has for a new friend, that kind of excitement, that kind of joy that Jesus completes in us. It might be that maybe it's reaching out to the person whose loved one has passed and checking in on them. Even if you might feel a little bit awkward, maybe you didn't know them as well as you would have liked. Maybe it's sharing with someone just how grateful you are that they're in your life and that you get to know them. The friendship Jesus offers us is a friendship that is meant to be shared. The love Jesus gives us is a love that is meant to be felt. It is meant to be proclaimed. Because this love, this friendship isn't by default. It isn't something that we choose to do or to feel. We receive it because Jesus chose us. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Jesus chose you. Jesus chose us. Even when we don't keep Jesus' commandments like we know we could or we should, even when we don't listen or witness to Jesus' message of love, even when we feel a little fruitless in our relationships and in our lives, for all the time we abide in Jesus' love, and for all the times we fail to invite, to share, to love, and to care for others, 
Jesus still chooses us. Jesus still lays down his life for us. Jesus still goes to the cross for all, for friendship, for love, for grace, and for mercy. All of our failures die on the cross with Jesus, and in his resurrection, as Jesus rises from the dead, he brings us this love so that we might go and bear fruit even when it might seem fruitless, Jesus still chooses us over and over again because God, the creator of the entire universe, loves you. Because God sent God's son, Jesus, for you out of this amazing love to free us, to save us, to love us, to call us friend, and so that we might abide, we might remain, we might just feel for a moment how loved we are. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Amen.